Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning. Uh, Mr. Jimmy Franklin, you lead us. Amen. All right. We'll get back into our end time study. Revelation chapter 14, I believe, is where we were. Revelation chapter 14. Now, you know we've talked about a ton. We've talked about Daniel 70 weeks. We've talked about that. <laughs> That's just disturbing my class. <laughs> Thought he was going to sit me down, Donald. Um, we've talked about Daniel 70 weeks. We've talked about the times of the Gentiles. We've talked about the rapture. Um, we've talked about the Antichrist. If you need a review, you have to see the, see the uh, videos or get the slides. It's too much. But Revelation chapter 14, who remembers what we were talking about last time? It's been a while. That is a wise guy right there. Do you always like this one? <laughs> Wrong. We were still in Revelation 14. <laughs> yeah, we did talk about that a little bit. Anybody else? Nobody? It's hard to keep up, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. I was ahead of him, which made me nervous that I was going to say something, he's going to come back and say the, and the opposite thing in his message. Now he's ahead of me, and I'm very happy, because I can listen to his, you know, sh- well, let me take that out, <laughs> or add that. That hadn't happened yet, thankfully, but we were talking about, I, I believe we're at verse 8. Yeah, we're at verse 8. So we, we've talked about this different stuff. What We talked about the 144,000 being on Mount Zion and when that was happening, and I believe that looks forward to the end of all this, the end of the tribulation, and when their work is done, and that's just what I believe. Um, We talked about the everlasting gospel and how the gospel is the same throughout time. Same gospel um, throughout time. And then we get here to verse 8. So let's let's just start at verse 8. There's a lot of text again in here for people that just get the slides that we're going to skip. I'm going to try to go through this a little bit quicker because we've been doing this for... A long time now, with breaks, but uh, try to try to get through this a little little bit quicker. Revelation chapter fourteen, verse eight. And there followed another angel, saying, "Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication." So immediately, my question is, what are they talking about? What is, what is Babylon? What was Babylon in the past? Babylon was a city. Where? You may have to get a little more specific for some of us. Southern Iraq, Iraq. Babylon was in Iraq. Um, it was a great city at one time. Not so much now. Um, so this verse then is saying that the city of Babylon that we know of today in Iraq is going to fall. Is that what it's saying?
So what is Babylon? Babylon refers to a lot of things in the Bible, not just a city. Does anybody know? Of course, I've got you know, some things up here, but just curious. Anybody knows? What, what is Babylon talking about? Nobody? All right. You're thinking. So, yeah, Babylon, it's basically a world system. In that end times, that word, a lot of times that word Babylon is talking about this system under the control of the Antichrist. Now, he's established world dominion pretty much. Has that one world government, one world religion, which is worship him and his image or get your head cut off. And one world economy. And all of that is kind of wrapped up in that term Babylon. And it's saying it has fallen. Now, we're at chronologically in the middle of the tribulation. That's where we are chronologically. And here John is saying through the Spirit that Babylon, all these things of the Antichrist has fallen. So we can easily see that he's now looking toward the end again. Remember what I said about Revelation, one of the hardest things? Who remembers? Get the timing right, basically. Things don't just happen chronologically. Just because you read something in Revelation 14 doesn't mean it happens right after what happens in Revelation 13. It might, but not always. You know, when we've been looking at the tribulation, we've gone way forward and come right back and talked about some stuff. And then we went to the end and come right back and talked about some stuff. We even looked backward. So that's the key to Revelation, or else you'll just get all confused. He says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Oh, to turn the page on me, sorry. That great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. All I really want to point out here is what I believe Babylon is talking about. That's it. And one characteristic I read, somebody said one, one of the main characteristics, an evil characteristic of Babylon is spiritual adultery. Now, what is spiritual adultery? All right, Miss Peggy said serving other gods. Who else? What is a god? Yes. Putting anything before Jesus Christ is your little G God. It don't matter what it is. It don't matter if it's Brother Kevin. It don't matter if it's Brother Chris. It don't matter if it's your kids. Your hobby, anything you put before the Lord Jesus Christ is a God to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Bible even tells us, as it says up there, that people, they're going to worship the created things instead of the one that created them. And I don't know all maybe that that means. I mean, the Antichrist is a created thing. So worshiping him would be that. But also I think about what they do to, you know, for animals nowadays. My stars. <laughs> Good heavens. You know, because 
Uh, all right. Uh, is this on Facebook? Because uh, some little snail somewhere, we can't drill for oil and, you know, do things in our country we need to do and get off reliance and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's not, not, neither here nor there. But they're putting things on pedestals above God. And during this time, they really put something on a pedestal before God. The Antichrist, they're bowing to him and to an image. And I don't believe that's symbolic. They are bowing to an image of him. It talks about witchcraft. It talks about all that stuff. I don't believe that's symbolic. Miss Piggy? Good point. Good point. So here this Babylon system is fallen. So this, this verse is looking forward. And then the angel says something to John. So we talked about in the past that the Antichrist is going to set up that, that one world religion. You either worship him, you worship his image, or you can have your head cut off. It's your choice. And that one world government he takes control of these countries and all the people are with him. And, but there's also this one world economy. And if you remember, we talked about it saying that man cannot buy or sell unless he had the mark of the beast. That's very plain. In that time, in that government, in that economy, when you, I, don't know exactly, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know exactly how you present it because I don't know what it is. But evidently, somehow, it's something like when you go to buy something at the grocery store, you may lay your money down or whatever it is at that time, but they're going to say, I need to see your mark. And if you don't have that mark, I believe not only do they not serve you, but they call the police. Now you're really in trouble. So, what would you do? We've talked about that before, but it's, it's one of the things that just echoes through Revelation to me. Now, I don't believe if you're saved that you'll be here. If you're not saved now, you will be. I suggest you get saved before the rapture, because this is terrible. But what would you do? It's real easy to say. Real, real easy to say, I ain't taking it. But you're not looking at maybe a teenager living in your household who has not accepted Christ and is here with you and is starving to death. Or your wife starving to death and you just need to get some food. What are you going to do? And when you think about this, it really makes you understand I'm going to say this, and I know people have problems, and I have problems, how easy we've got it. We don't have to face this today. Not right now, we don't. Now, there are Christians in the other parts of the world getting their heads cut off for one reason only, being a Christian. You know that Muslims can't be sure that they're going to heaven? They can't be sure. 
They just hope, uh, you know, one day they say that everybody's going to be put on their knees in chains. Well, that sounds real good, don't it? And hope that uh, Allah will be merciful to them. One way they can be sure to go to heaven. You know what that is? Kill Christ their heaven. Kill Christians. Well, that's the thing. If you die, if you're a martyr, if you, well, you don't even have to die really, but a lot of them, that's how they do it. You kill Christians, you, you're assured a place in heaven according to, to their religion. So, I don't know why I went off on that, but either way, um, I don't know where I, what I was talking about. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what, what would you do? That, that's a great question. I think you ought to think about that. Not because I think you'll be here. But that helps you realize, boy, God has blessed me for living in the United States of America. You got Americans marching in the streets today saying death to America, burning American flags and all that stuff because of what President Trump did. We ought to be happy that we were born where we were born. So a lot of people, I'll just take it. I'll just take it. Maybe, they, maybe they've never heard this before. I don't know. They take the mark of the beast so that they can buy, they can sell, they can provide for their family. <clears throat> What's wrong with that? <laughs> Surely, baby's looking right at me. Sure, <laughs> she's freaking me out. <laughs> Surely, I'm sorry. Surely, God will understand that. Right? No. Let's read what the verses say. <clears throat> if they take the mark of the beast, what will happen? Revelation 14, 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. What? You might explain that away somehow, but let's keep reading. And he, this is the one that took the mark. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So if you take the mark of the beast, you go to hell. No matter what.
Sure. And you, you're going to have to understand some things, too, about that time. That is a different time. I don't pretend to know what it's going to be like exactly. But here's my question. How much preaching are they going to hear? How many churches will there be? Where are they going to hear it? This is the time of God's wrath. Go ahead. No, we, and, and we get we even get used to it being in the Bible Belt. I've grew up in church my whole life. And people, I believe, get, de, if you want to call it this, desensitized to it. I mean, missionaries can take the gospel over to a country where they've never heard it before, and hundreds get saved the first time they hear it. Why can't that happen here? Desensitized. And we have such a lush life. We don't even want to think about being persecuted or having to do without not even for Christ we don't even want to think about that don't act like you do we don't even want to think about that so when brother Aaron I don't know I don't even know how they're going to hear it I don't know that they'll believe a lie yep so and, and you know I was talking to somebody about this the other day this has nothing to do with Jay Pruitt, but you're very fortunate to be hearing this stuff. You know, I asked Miss Peggy one time, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about. We were, I don't think we were just talking about an end time study, but we may have been. How many times have you even heard this in your life? I don't remember what you said, but it's very few. How many times have you heard it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll see why. So it's not even preached nowadays in the Bible Belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like Brother Aaron said, I mean, even if they do hear it, they've got delusion. They're going to believe a lie. So you take the mark of the beast, you go to hell. Now, is hell the end? I always like to hit this because... We like to say, and I understand what we're talking about, you're going to spend eternity in hell. You know that's not true. Right? In the lake of fire. You go to hell, but then there at the end, we're going to read about where hell is, get, is brought out and thrown into the lake. You're going to be in the lake of fire for eternity. That's where you'll be if you don't accept Christ. And, and again... 
we've talked, when we talked about the rapture, we talked about there is strong evidence that if you've heard the gospel and you do not accept Christ and the rapture of the church takes place, your opportunity is gone. You understand what that means today. If you're on this pew and you're lost, I know you've heard the gospel. And if the church is raptured out here in the next five minutes, I'm sorry for you. And I don't say that hardly. It's just the reality. That's why we ought to be doing more. We ought to be trying to reach our family, Chris. And so... What time are we ending? 10.40? Okay. So you see, if they take the mark of the beast, they go to hell and spend eternity in the lake of fire. Let's look at one more verse. Oh, look at this verse, by the way, Matthew 10.28. You're talking about um, if you don't take the mark of the beast, you're probably going to be killed. Or you do take the mark of the beast and you go to hell. And then the lake of fire. Matthew 10.28 he said, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So I don't pretend to say it's going to be easy, but Jesus said you need to place a lot more value on your soul than you place on your body. All right. Revelation 14, verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, I've got a question. Does this go with verses 9 through 11 or does it go with verse 13? Verse 13 says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, and we're going to talk about this next week. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. As a matter of fact, I don't even have time to talk about this verse. Well, think about this for next time. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So it seems to say that the saints are those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, I got faith, no problem. Ephesians said, by grace are you saved through faith. Now, you got people that take the commandments of God and other verses like this and say, you have to do these works. Now, we don't believe that. Do we? So how do you resolve this, keep the commandments of God? It's just like these verses in the Bible that talk about you doing the works of God. How do you resolve that? In Jay's own words, Jesus said one time, if you don't do the work of God, you're not going to heaven. I thought it was a work, I thought it was a faith-based salvation, not works. How do you resolve that? You better know, or you better not get in a conversation with anybody, because they will have you like a flea in a yo-yo. John, I believe it's John 6, 29. Turn there and we'll be done. I hope it's John 6, 29. I just looked it up a minute ago.
We're talking about the work of God. You have to do the work of God. John 6, 29 says this, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Still, faith-based salvation. The work of God is believing. Now, just like Brother Kevin said last Wednesday or Sunday one, you know, James says, you know, I can't hear what you say. Is that how he said it? I can't hear what you're saying for seeing what you're doing. And that applies. Jesus said, yeah, if you're true to believe in me, there'll be some fruit. There'll be some fruit. It's not a works-based salvation. He's talking about the work of God. He's talking about believing on Jesus Christ. John 6, 29 makes that plain. All right, we'll pick up at Revelation 14, verse 12, next time. Brother Dustin, dismiss us.